0: Welcome to Move the Line. This one's going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'm Ryan Noonan. Joining me as always, Connor Allen, uh, 4 for 4. We are doing a uh, a podcast slash live stream this week, Um, giving you this as the audio version. If you were downloading, if not, you can find us um, on our 4 for 4's Twitch stream and YouTube channel as well. Is that right, Connor? We did it on YouTube?
1: Yep, yep, yep. It'll be uploaded to YouTube uh, as soon as you're listening to this probably, so
0: awesome so our guest this week is joey knish find him on twitter joey knish 22 uh, very highly entertaining gambling twitter degenerate uh, with lots of good takes we had a good time with this one hope you enjoy it. don't forget to find us on twitter um, at MoveTheLineNFL. line nfl you can find connor there at connor allen nfl i'm there at ryan noonan and uh hope you enjoy this one
1: Yeah, dude, Kanish, it's good to finally get you on the show, man. I know we talked about it a little bit, like, last year and stuff, but,
2: um, yeah. No better place I'd rather be uh, (laughs) than chopping up player futures here uh, with you bugs here on a Tuesday or whether it was a Wednesday night here (laughs) going into it uh, to get a little NFL I haven't, honestly, it's been a a minute since I've chopped up the the NFL. Like, we had that lag, and then the last you don't know what's happening, and then, like, is there going to be a season? And so now it's fine, even though – I don't know. I felt a little bit sketchier about college football, but I think one way or another the NFL will get this done uh, and get this in.
0: No greedier league than the National Football League. They will, <laughs> yeah. they, will, they will find a way to squeeze 17 weeks out of this bad boy one way or another.
2: Yeah, I 100% sure. agree. Yeah.
0: If we need to have football in April, uh, they, those owners will get their money for sure. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's I, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I don't know. I mean, it's, like, scary, but we were just talking about this before the episode. Like, I mean, it's not going away. Like, I think that, you know, like, these, like, random players are going to get it throughout the season, and it's just going to be a total, total just, like, clusterfuck in terms of, like, figuring out what to do. It's going to be
2: the craziest information. It's going to be, like, the injury, weekly injury market, on which the NFL has kind of – um like regimented where, you know, practice reports and stuff like that, where everyone's mm-hmm. kind of getting the same info at the same time. Um, you could see guys pop up, like, any time during the week if an info leaks of who's got corona or, like, or they can show up on the injury report as illness or is someone just, you know, as a beat reporter automatic or, like, if they aren't in the buildings, can you assume that they have it? Like, if they're really <laughs> going to try and play this, it's just going to be an absolute, especially, um, you know, if you're, if you're talking about, like, players that, that like you know if a quarterback you could be talking about you know a line that's three four six points off um if you're able to be on top of that info that, that that's going to be just a whirlwind of like and then as we were talking right before we got on of like um you know with the game of years and re- re- regular season wins and stuff i've been a lot lighter than normal um just because you don't know how the shit's going to play out like, uh, what if you know the expected win total if your quarterback's going to miss two three four weeks because he got covid is a lot different than than just you know like if you're factoring that in beforehand so yeah it's going to be it's going to be an absolute like nutshell of how how this is going to be handled uh and the week to week like covid report stuff
1: oh totally yeah i mean that's that's what we're just literally just talking about i have no idea how it's going to go and I think it's going to be one of the craziest years for sure, like that we've seen ever and might be the craziest year ever just with everything that you talked about. So I don't, I don't know. And I was, I was thinking that like maybe that almost gives you an advantage to kind of bet things like as late as possible. Um, like to like, kind of make sure that your guy doesn't get announced with like COVID or like a quarterback doesn't get announced with COVID like the day before a game. But then at the same time, like, you know, everyone wants to bet on things early because you get the best value then and you're trying to beat the market. So, I mean, are like our wise guys going to get just totally screwed this year because of that? Or is just everyone going to kind of get screwed? I don't know. Is there like a, is there a better way to play it or is it going to be kind of see how it goes? I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I mean, I think you've
2: seen like over the the course of what would be, you know, the last five people bet earlier and earlier in the week on NFL um, and they're not you know, it used to be, you know, back in the, the what i call back in the day, you know, people either serious moves would come, uh, and now pretty much the market is shaped by, by, at the latest Saturday, you know, I don't know anybody, um, unless you're, what would it be like the the, the biggest, uh, the guy, you know, the <laughs> end guy that's betting, you know, 100K or yeah. more on the side that's waiting until Sunday, uh, but for the most part, all the NFL stuff happens, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and then tinkles it a little bit, you know, Thursday, Friday, so... It could be, I, I don't know, I think you're still, you're just going to have to assume, um, you know, going into a, a normal game week that, that everything is set and then react to the information. And then whoever can react to it fast enough um, is going to get the edge. So if you're, you know, you're a grinder, you're, you know, with a group of guys or you're on top of it, um, you know, you might be able to, to snipe, a, you know, a, a good chunk, especially and maybe maybe books handle it different you know i don't know how if we're really getting into the season um maybe you know instead of the typical limits that you see on uh on an nfl game on monday and tuesday are now you know they they go 250 or 500 because they're afraid of getting you know absolutely hammered where you know usually you could get you know 10k down on a or 25k down you know midweek on an nfl game maybe that's not the same if we're going to be playing in this environment so we'll see it's interesting i'm kind of i'm I just hope there there is some form of season. I'm kind of excited to see, uh, in a way, how it plays out. I, I just hope we don't have a, um, you know, a scenario where you, where you can't have football. But I, as we said, I think the NFL is going to happen. It um, would have to be a worst case scenario for them not to play some form of season.
0: Absolutely, yeah, chaos is a ladder, right? So like it's we're always <laughs> we're always like hunting edges. It's what we do, no matter no matter what you're listening to this show for. Like if you're. You know, maybe you're a fantasy guy. You're coming in to learn from the big dogs like this uh, here. Like, we're always looking for edges, right. so we're always looking for look ahead lines, or you know, getting on the line before it moves. We want to get closing line value. Maybe this year it's like it's waiting until that very end you, just before it could be completely reversed this year where like you're waiting for a, a Friday, maybe, maybe they do the last swabs of the locker room on Friday and you don't find out until <laughs> you know, Schefter bombs at two in the morning that uh, Mahomes is, is sitting the next couple of weeks out. So yeah, it's has been a
2: while here. I usually bet, uh, you know, upwards of a hundred or more college football game of the years before the season, I'll bet some NFL, like first month. This is just the, uh, I just haven't been able. I mean, because you don't know. And same thing of like being able to quantify home field advantage. Like, if am I betting, you know, for, you know, Clemson at South Carolina? Is there, is there anybody going to be there? Am I, <laughs> you know, am I normally giving? Right. Um, you know, if it's a night game in the SEC, which is usually you know a massive HFA of getting upwards of four, five, six points. Is that if there's nobody in the stands, does that still matter? So you've got all of these um, kind of qualitative factors that that are going to be. Just just it gonna be like a week to week type thing where you're you're in this where you just don't know right now. So um, I mean you can make educated guesses and stuff, but it's definitely the most uncertainty we've had kind of in our lifetime going into a, any kind of sporting NFL football season.
0: Yeah, I would think looking ahead to is just how we're doing and we're speculating and spinning. I would think this would create probably a really good market in the props market too. Um, weekly props, right? Really like Connor your, your wheelhouse because. That seems to be the last market to react. They go up late and they are sometimes yeah, pretty sure. soft. So all of a sudden, if you have someone that's impacted on the offensive side of the ball, that all of a sudden their you know snaps are going to be jump you know jumping up or or vice versa, someone's going to be out because of something like this. Then there could be a massive opportunity in the uh, in the betting market there too. So I
1: mean, I mean to be honest too, like really like, like guys like DraftKings and like big books, like they're going to react very quickly because they have a lot of guys on staff. Sure. But you know, like small credit books and like PPHs who have just like some bozos in Costa Rica running it, like they're going to get just absolutely demolished. Like unless they're on top of their game, which most of the time they're not, they're always one of the slowest like to move. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, at least I think that like, they're just going to be in for a rough year for those guys who are paying attention. But We'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I, that's probably where I'll turn some of my attention, but you know, can't really can't really, you know, tweet about that or write about that too much. So,
0: well, for the sake of the show, let's jump into it a little bit. Welcome to yeah, Move sure. the Line presented by 444.com. We're also going live here on the 444 Twitch stream as well. Something that uh, Connor's jump started here for us. Uh, happy to talk shop here with uh, one of the gambling Twitter's DeGens, uh, one of the sharpest guys in the business. Uh, joey knish so um again off the top welcome to showman
2: hey, man, okay hey, great to be here finally be here on uh before <laughs> you know, for getting into it with a little bit hopefully uh you know we can have a season then get into it on a regular basis dropping stuff up but hey let's let's hit the uh let's hit some of the futures uh see if we can find a little bit of value still out there
0: for sure so we're going to lean on you for your expertise this is pro- something that you've probably dug into a little bit more than we have uh getting into some of the uh you know the player future stuff we'll Start with the top, obviously, the bell of the ball is always the MVP. Uh, we've seen that over the last decade plus, this is pretty much a, a uh, quarterback award. I think uh, LT maybe was the last. I'm trying to think. No, a, uh, Peterson back in uh, yeah, 2012. Yeah, Peterson,
1: yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: So it's a quarterback award typically. And I, th- I feel like if, if we could have a year like we had last year from McCaffrey and he really isn't in the picture at the end of the day, uh, this is really going to be a quarterback award here, especially as you know, football is just evolving more and more as a pass-heavy game. So um, obviously at the top of the board, we're going to talk about multiple shops here. Obviously, depending on where you are, what you have access to, uh, you could be limited. But if you have the ability to take advantage of any of these books or uh, you know credit stuff that, that you'll hear these guys talk a little bit more of, obviously you want to shop and get the best of the number. So um, MVP top three are quarterbacks, obviously, Mahomes lamar and russ um any value at the top joey on uh you know obviously these these pretty short numbers but probably the favorites for a reason
2: yeah i mean the the chalk i'm not you know you typically a player futures guy that likes to lay heavy chalk or any of that i, I typically don't recommend it but man it, it is strong this year when you look at the it, you know you've got two quarterbacks who, who are just you know basically the first glimmer of their prime, uh, one MVP for the last two years. And they're on what you could argue is uh, the two best teams in football again. So it's hard to, to you know, make a, a great case for fading that. Um, so I'm not going to invest in any, you know, short price on MVP and Mahomes or LJ. Um, but but this is one where my overall portfolio, especially with some of the, you know, uncertainty we already touched on, will will probably be a little lighter. I think I'll touch on, um, you know, a couple of guys here. Uh, I've, I've already taken a couple of sprinkles, but there'll be a couple of guys that, that are on a little, but my overall risk is definitely going to be um, much lighter than, than previous years. Um, but I will, the thing you said off the top, I mean, it's and this is the same thing I say in college football, with the Heisman, waste of money on anything but a quarterback. Like, there's <laughs> is no reason, I think you, even the, I'm just going down the board, like the, the best Price you see, or what? I'd be the first price you see on a non-quarterback is fifty to one, and I would say that's that's not even Saquon and McCaffrey at fifty to one. Hey, you look at what type of season would these guys have to have to even get in the conversation? If McCaffrey didn't do it for you last year, you're you're talking about the type of season that that's probably you know. I mean, 1%, 2%, 3% probability um, to occur, which doesn't even guarantee you the award. So, yeah, um, quarterback only, um, but I'm going to, the chalk is strong, but I was going to be looking a little bit farther down the list uh, to take a couple of sprinkles here um, with a couple of guys that might be on some up-and-coming teams rather than, you know, take a strong position on the top of the board.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Connor, there's no real value here, right? I mean, obviously, they are the favorites for a reason. But as far as something that you're going to actually spend your money on here to to get any bang for your buck, uh, we're not really touching these guys, right?
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty much out on that and echo a lot of what Joey said there. Um, And I think that kind of going through like the basic criteria of like what makes an MVP, like you said, it should be a quarterback. But I think it's also important to note like they should be on a winning team. um, So that also kind of helps Eliminate, I would say, at least a decent chunk of the field there. And when you get towards like the long shots there, I mean, you can project a team to like take a step forward, but you need to be projecting them to take a step that step forward. If you're just projecting them to be a quarterback who's going to compile stats or, you know, score a lot of fantasy points, like that's just the total wrong way to think about it. This needs to be a quarterback on a good team who's also playing at the top of his game. So, um, I mean, for the top here, like, you know, I'm not in on guys like Mahomes, I'm not in on Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm also I looked at Russell Wilson. I thought that that price was a little bit high here. I mean, on DraftKings we're looking at him at eight to one. Um, I mean, the coaching staff just doesn't seem to want to let the reins off of Wilson there to really for him to kind of put up the stats that I think are necessary to um, win the MVP. I mean, it's there's always potential if the Seahawks just absolutely have a great season. And Wilson, you know, pioneers that and turns in like, you know, a above average year. But at the same time, I just don't think that at eight to one, that's something I'm going to bank on here because uh, I just think that there's better value later. And the chances of this coaching staff letting that happen, I would say is like slim to none. We've seen them like consistently just not let, you know, let Russ cook. It just doesn't happen. Um, So for me, I took a little bit of action um, on Dak at 16 to one. Um, I really like, you know, like the weapons. I know it's a little bit shorter than most people would like, but, I think at 16-1, it was okay and worth playing because, like, the weapons are even better. And I think that they go away from that run-heavy approach we saw under Jason Garrett. So I think that if they're passing a little bit more, like, I think Dak's ceiling is really, really high. The Cowboys project to be a good team. I think win total is, like, nine, nine and a half in most spots. So you're projecting a playoff team with a quarterback who should be throwing more with uh, really good weapons. I mean, I think that at 16-1, to 1, where I got it at is solid, and then 14-1 to 1 is probably the lowest I will consider playing it. Again, nothing big. Just something to kind of put in the market here and have a little bit of money on on a player like Dak Prescott where um, I'm pretty convinced that he's going to have a good season.
0: Yeah, I know there were some Dak 20s floating around uh, early, yep. early when it first got out. Uh, yeah, I was waiting for a Carson Wentz take here from you, Connor. I thought that that would be... <laughs> You're uh, you're always beating the drum for Chris I know Billy. Um, I know, and I think you're going to go back to that well again this year. But uh, I think this is where kind of the sweet spot is. Do you agree with that, Joey? When you get down the board into you know Dak, Brady, Wentz, Breeze, when you start to get to that maybe second tier group, or there might be some value.
2: Yeah, and and this is at one number one. I, I agree. If I'm going to go, the, you know, the top of the board, it would be Dak. Uh, as you said, there were some 20 to ones. Those are pretty much all gone. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys win total has taken the sharp money and over. Uh, I know a decent amount of guys. Um, a couple of sharp guys that really like that one, and so that's a team that's going to be, you know, in that new coaching staff that should be more pass-friendly um, in the nine to twelve win range. So he's pretty set up there um, for a nice season, and that would be the the top of the board play. A couple guys in the mid tier um, that I sprinkled. One was a popular play, and that number's come down a lot with Kyler Murray. Uh, there were some forty to one, some fifty to ones available. It was hap- when they traded for Hopkins, that number crashed at most places, uh, but I was able to sprinkle a little bit of 50 to one. I don't, if you can find, I'm seeing 25 at DraftKings. Um, I'm okay with that. And it's still a smaller play. It's really going to be, would be dependent on him putting up just, just absurd numbers. And I know the, the, the issue being that the Cardinals um, do they project as anything more than, you know, a middle tier, you know, six to nine win team, probably not. Um, so I think that's the issue, but he would have to, he'd be the guy that if there's going to be um you know, the narrative would be just he absolutely blows the stats out of the water in that system. A couple of younger receivers going into their second year that added Hopkins. They made improvements on the offensive line. He's the guy that, that could just put up the the type of numbers uh, in the cliff offense that just might, you know, absolutely blow the league out of the water, even if they only win like a 9-7, and seven, um, that, that he could be in contention. The other one, I can't fucking believe I'm going to go here, <laughs> um, but I win it is... It is and then it, it's one of those. If I didn't grow up in Detroit and wasn't a Lions fan, I'd feel a lot oh, better about it. it but <laughs> I knew it. it. It's a Stafford fifty to one or better. The, the truth and this was this was super. this was not acknowledged last year because the Lions did not win a lot of football games, and then he got hurt and had the back injury, and so it wasn't. He was playing probably the best stretch of football outside of uh, maybe his prime Calvin Johnson years. But Stafford, it, it, with the new OC, was playing a really good stretch of football before he had the back injury. And it wasn't really producing wins on the field. Uh, the defense line's defense was a, a bottom three unit last year, but they've made a couple of additional, um, you know, adds. Uh, they, uh, like the Swift, I think the Swift will add a nice element to the offense. Um, the, the team overall uh, should be better. I, again, do I love Patricia? No. I, I think they've made an upgrade of DC uh, grabbing the, the coordinator from the Eagles. So I think the team overall will be better, um, and he's that middle tier of guy that if I'm looking at um, anything over fifty to one, it would be they're in a weak division. They've got a chance to maybe win eight to ten games. He was playing well. Um, he's not in the, the you know the age bracket of some like I see Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. I mean guys that are you know really on the in the twilight. Um, I they've got a reasonable set of weapons around them. Um, if, if I'm betting any current price on the board, it, it would be a Safford 50 to one or better.
0: Strong. You can get a 66 at William Hill.
2: There you go. And that's what, um, yeah, no, that's, that's,
0: I, I, I
2: think that's, you know, as far as current value, that that would be my favorite of the bunch. Um, one that I just throw out real quick. And this is uh this is a, what we talked about, you know, you got to be on top of the information with COVID Taysom Hill numbers are in, like, the, the 250 at, at above range. You see anything happen with Drew Brees um, along a, a, the lines of an injury, um, especially because he – I thought his play level really, you know, fell off for parts of last year, especially towards the end. But you see any injury with Brees immediately max out all the Hill numbers. He, he can put up – um, what I would say is similar production this year. They've got one of the best rosters in football. That's one of those. You just store it in the Bay. If you ever see any type of news report, um, Drew Brees, potential injury that's long-term, uh, Hill would be a, a, you know, then go around and start maxing it everywhere you can at those that type of number.
1: No James Love there?
2: Oh, I I I, I, I don't <laughs> I And I know that some people were like, oh, you can go to the same. I, I don't I, I don't have any faith in James Winston. Um, and, and that's – like, he went to – I'm a big Bruce Arians guy. I thought he was in the type of off. I know they didn't have great O-line protection, but was in the type of off. I know some of the advanced stats guys um, thought he didn't have the type of, you know, bad year that uh, that the public thought he had. Um,
1: when I, you turn the ball over that much, I mean, yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, hard
2: to win football games regardless. Yeah, exactly. So yeah,
1: that's, that's not –
2: if they went that route, if Breeze got hurt, but I think um, Hill would have the job. Even if they brought in Jameis in a Breeze injury, I still think Hill would be QB one in that scenario.
1: Um, I, I know, I know you brought up Murray too, and so he's at like you got him at forty, right? So we're at yeah. twenty-five. Like he's down to twenty-five to one um, in, in most spots, is what I'm seeing. So like, are you still on him there, or is that too much? To this point, now he has like the eighth highest odds of winning the the mvp it's it's probably past the point of a smart buy
2: based on a lot of it i'm confident in his production um in in terms of what's the the win expectation for the cardinals is going to be the concern i don't you you really have to get to nine wins in playoff contention to be in the mvp consideration um and can the the cardinals you know in a really tough division um get in that range yeah. um, it, it would be a questionable for me I' think 25 is probably the the final yeah. point where you you know if you're building a portfolio of guys you know at that number and above um, then I don't mind a, a small sprinkle but I, that wouldn't be a play that I'm looking to you know absolutely pound or anything at 25 to one it would be you know splitting up a unit between guys in the you know 25 to 75 range for sure yeah you
1: get
0: this tipping point of got to be a quarterback he's got to be on a winning team so you're really like the list gets whittled down for you really really quickly Um, are you guys uh browns believers here i've seen some you know some people i know some sharper people that that are
2: bullish on the browns this year um i had a mayfield ticket last year that that obviously went horribly um (laughs) any thought to a mayfield uh 33 to 1
0: again william hill seems to be very generous there's a 50 to 1 there uh 33 isn't quite as appealing, but I do, I am a little bullish on them. I like that defense. Um, the problem there is that division is solid. Like, I think the, I don't think the Bengals are good, but I think the Bengals are better. Pittsburgh's better with Ben back. And while there should be some regression for Baltimore, their schedule is just so easy again. Uh, so it's a really, really tough division for them. They, they'd have to really cement like a 10 and six playoff spots and just Baker just balls out of his ass. Uh, what about you, Connor?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think they're going to be better, but I think a lot of it's going to be focused on the run, like with Stefanski coming over to the Browns. um, I think a lot of it's going to be a lot of Chubb, a lot of Camara. And I think that Mayfield's going to be really like efficient, but I'm not really expecting him to kind of like be, you know, really just like the focal point all the time. I think that they're going to kind of go with like a run heavy, a lot of play action. Um, So for me, I would think, I would consider taking a shot at 50 to one, 33 to one. I'm probably out just because I don't expect them to kind of go with like a pass heavier approach. So like, like you were saying Kyler Murray like forty to one odds before I would probably prefer like yeah. in that same range, um, and at this point I'm probably out on Murray as well so um yeah I don't know I'm not not super interested in Mayfield, but I do think that the browns are going to be better, but I think like Noonan said like it's it's a tough division and it, it's not going to be easy for them to win a lot of games even if they're playing you know close chin to chin uh, uh, with these other teams in the division yeah
0: even at fifty to one I'd rather Rather bet on Gary Woodland this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> the only other guy that uh, I had
2: kind of in the the quota for for keeping an eye on uh, was Jared Stidham. Um, if boy. you're a believer wow. in the Patriots, um, I, I'm still a believer in the Patriots being a, a good team, um, a, a team that can that can win the AFCs. And so, again, if you're putting a quarterback on a nine or 10 win team. Um, and obviously a guy that the organization has faith in, they've shown they can win, uh, in the past with with the Matt castles and, and, you know, winning some games with, um, Brian Hoyer and, and, you know, and then the like, so I'm thinking I haven't fired on this yet. I, I was hoping to see some, uh, camp performances out of them and some preseason action before, um, I went in, uh, but that's one I would say that is on my radar.
0: Love it,
1: wow, well, yeah. Well, Noonan's like a diehard Patriots fan, so I'm sure that he's just <laughs> eating that shit up. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But well, hold on, like You're, you guys, you guys yeah. can't have it both ways. Like last year, it was Brady's done, Brady's
0: washed, Brady's <laughs> trash. You know, hang him up. It was a great, you know, it was a great run, etc. And now you're bringing them back with basically the same weapons and an incredible defense. They went out and drafted and loaded up on the defense again. Like, the defense is going to be really good. Um, so, like, you it's can't have it both ways. So if Brady is trash, that means the cinema doesn't have much to, to beat out there. So I, I like what Joey said there. I think you got a lot of reasons why they very much could, you know, get to 9 to 10 wins again and, and be good enough to to be in the playoffs. I mean, I don't know that anyone else in that division – I, they're all imp- they're all improving. Maybe not the Jets, but enough to, to <laughs> overtake the Patriots in that defense. I'm not sure yet. I'm not I'm not necessarily buying the Bills. I agree with that. Yep. So We'll see. That defense was damn good. I know they were opportunistic. I know that the touchdowns that they scored are not stable. They're obviously going to have some regression there, but they turn the ball over an incredible rate. Uh, they do not have like a named pass rusher. They just continue to bring in guys in fit scheme and, and know uh, when to do that. So. I like their draft, and I think they're going to be feisty again. So that's uh, that's interesting. Let's move on to defensive player of the year. Uh, would love to get your thoughts here. Can you the top of the board? Do you handle this the same way as far as the shot goes with the short lines or uh, anything predictive that you've seen in the markets in the past?
2: You no, know, I found it just, and maybe this is my um, nature in the past, I found the defensive player of the year, um, award one, they they've – consistently, you know, be, been either, like, guys that have, you know, you've seen, like, Aaron Donald win, you know, like, back-to-back and that. And the other one is uh, it's it's hard to pinpoint really preseason if you're not in on some of the known guys of of where that defensive breakout is going to come from. You know, you can usually project, uh, like, you know, like, offensive production, offensive totals a little bit better um, than you can on defense where, you know, a guy might – you can have a great season – rushing the passer, uh, but only end up with, you know, eight sacks or something like that. Um, and, and that's, it's for me, I think mean, you know, a, a guy at Stephon Gilmore winning it out of the secondary last year. Um, so uh, this is really, you know, and I, I, didn't agree with that whatsoever. So there's a lot of public perception here. Um, it's a little bit harder to break down from a stat perspective. I, I typically, if I'm going to invest in this, it, it'll be extremely small. Um, and that goes for defensive rookie of the year and defensive player of the year. I typically stick to the the MVP year, the offensive rookie of the year comeback, um, or coach of the year. One, you know, some of those that I can feel like I have a little bit better um, ability to quantify. This is one um, I don't have an investment. It's more something that I like to actually, you know, you start to get a sense for the award, like early season, mid season, see some guys that are popping out. Um, and now that a lot of places, especially in New Jersey and DraftKings, you know, kind of hang these on a regular basis, um, there's more of an ability to see kind of how the narrative shapes up um, and and dabble that way as opposed to, you know, either spraying a bunch of guys before the year or laying a big, you know, chalk number or one of those. So I don't have anything um, too concrete for for defensive player of the year, just as a strategy take. Um, I usually like to wait and see see how it's, shaping up uh because you can usually buy on some guys that, that are kind of getting that that media push that public perception at still you know decent rates as you get into the season
0: yeah that's a really good point you probably you're gonna get a shorter number but you're gonna have a little bit more equity in it because you know kind of how the the market is shaping it for sure so i like that a lot because this feels similar right we have to reverse engineer it kind of like we did for mvp like it's mvp was got to be a quarterback they got to be on a good team like this has got to be kind of an up-and-coming team or a team that's really good, and then you have to have, like, a a big personality or someone that's easy to to kind of market as that guy. And I know that seems superficial, but, like, that's what what a lot of these awards are anyway. Um, That's why you can get a BOSA. Um, You know, they like the sexy stat numbers, like Nish is talking about, like, with the sacks. A lot of variance in that, like, from year to year. Like, if Chandler Jones all of a sudden has... 10 sacks this year, he doesn't necessarily suck all of a sudden. He just was on the wrong side of set the variance. I mean, that can happen. So what are your thoughts? How do you approach this, uh, this position, Connor?
1: Um, I mean, yeah, it's also something that I'll probably go pretty small on here, but I kind of like went back through and looked at who won, you know, the award over the past 10 years. Interestingly enough, um, it's been, you know, pretty much dominated by Aaron Donald, JJ Watt won three out of the last five years. Kind of like you said, that name brand, Uh, I mean, obviously, they've been both very dominant, but I thought it was worth noting, you know, regardless. And then looking in the last 10 years, it's been two defensive backs, two edge rushers, one inside linebacker only, but then five interior defensive linemen. Um, Obviously, we know that uh, Donald won that twice. So, you know, he makes up a chunk of that. But still, I thought that was interesting. And then but over like, you know, in the totality of everything, we're looking at um edge rusher having the most defensive player of the year awards with 17 next closest interior defensive lineman at 12 third defensive back at 11 and then inside linebacker at nine um so yeah i don't know i think i'll probably wait to put something down here but um i don't know this 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 award i think is a little bit harder to handicap here um just in general because like you said a lot of it is probably based on the name and just like how much you know they i mean how how dominant they are in, in a year in like the upcoming year so i think that for me like you know a guy like almost like von miller is probably you know not a super great play just because he's kind of like you know on the other side of the hill here but um i think like guys like tj watt are kind of interesting joey bosa here like in that middle range that we were talking about but and at the same time i think like some of the the later guys here could potentially pop out um if they take the next step forward but um yeah i'll probably wait to see um a little bit in camp and kind of see how go from there
0: yeah, it's got to be a good team again I think too. So like we mentioned Chandler Jones, uh we were talking about Kyler being, you know, a ticket on the MVP side. Like if you got a good Kyler number, you're basically assuming that that's a good team. So maybe bookending him with Chandler Jones makes some sense. You can get a 29 on FanDuel, pretty much everywhere else you're seeing is a 20 to 1, uh even a 16 out there. But uh same premise basically, right? You got to have you got to have a playoff guy. Um I think even some of those Historic numbers when we're looking at like inside linebacker, even defensive tackle, like unless it's a pass rush guy, I think even that's going to start to fade away historically. I think you're going to get away from, you know, the high tackle numbers, um, some of those things that have maybe been valued higher in the past, Um, just in general. Middle linebackers, unless you're a coverage linebacker, it's just kind of a devalued position uh, in the way of the running back, like we were talking about earlier. So, um, yeah, I think long shots and sprinkle them in as we get a little bit of information, uh, like Kanish said, I think is is probably the, the optimal way. Uh, how about Offensive Rookie of the Year? I mean, this one feels like the time to go uh, a little chalkier than maybe some of the rest. Um, you know, obviously games played and the ability to impact them um, is massive, and we know that awards like to go to quarterbacks, and there's... No other quarterback that is a rookie that appears to be slated to play 16 games other than Joe Burrow. Um, we get into these running backs that all have very similar situations. They're probably all more talented than their predecessor, but there's just not a clear path to 20 touches for on week one for any of them. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're uh, they're not in the, the picture here for uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year, but... Um, in competition with a guy like Burrow, who is going to really have every shot to play 16 games and, and put up some decent numbers, with a strong offense around him, um, what do we do, Kanish? Is this the way to go?
2: No, this is this is one where, you know, if we were doing this show right after the draft, uh, I think there could have been some more buying opportunity, but you've seen every running back that's in somewhat of a, a friendly situation from a production standpoint get hammered down, where you know, Clyde Edwards Elaire, Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, those guys, right as soon as this market opened, were trading anywhere from like, you know, 20 to 1, 30 to 1. Um, I think even a little bit larger on. So, DeAndre Swift was another one who I think could be in a nice production situation. Detroit, he was, I think he, he was up, you know, 40 to 150. All of those numbers, um, I, again, you can shop this a little bit, but most of those have just been smashed. So it, it's, and that's one where, you know, we. I was okay on the MVP, still buying a little bit. Those, uh, basically the price is now on any running back uh, for offensive rookie of the year is is pretty dead um, for the most part. I, I can't really – I think those guys have a shot, uh, especially Clyde Herbdellar and Cam Akers that could be in a really nice situation. Jonathan Taylor's guy I think could get, you know, 1,000 yards pretty easily um, behind that Colts offensive line. But now you're you're in the situation where obviously Burrow being the only guy um, that's going to be, you know, QB1 – has the swag has you know a decent setup uh offensively there that that can you really make an argument now that you should be buying at you know 650 or 10 to 1 or 16 to 1 on any of these running backs um not for me uh so uh, it's it's a little short for me also on burr. three to one four to one i think when the first five i think it was even a little bit um higher than that for a touch depending on where you're at but now sitting 225 um do I want to lay, you know, a couple of units uh, on a preseason award at this point for a 225 or a 250? Um, just not really. Just not for me. Um, not not something that, that where I feel that level of of certainty um, that I'm going to lay that price um, and, and have the long hold and, and not get you know that kind of return. Um, so again, I, I usually shy away from from the short prices uh, on these. You know, basic player futures. Unless I'm really, really bullish, uh, and that's not the case here. Only kind of angle, um, and this is a same thing as I said with uh, basically a Taysom Hill breeze angle, where Wentz has a an injury history that's pretty checkered. Um, and I and I know the fans say I'm gonna yell, I want to hear a little Connor take it. I know a lot of the fans hate it. <laughs> I love the fit for Jalen Hurts in Philly. Um, I think they'll automatically give him small package. You know, kind of coming into the season. It's one where if Wentz goes down earlier in the year or has a recurring injury or something like that, uh, I think you that coaching staff has proven they can put a guy into a system, into an RPO system and have him produce. Um, So that'd be one that again, am I saying go buy that now? No, but that'd be one that I'd be keeping an eye on week in, week out where if you can get any type of, um, you know, camp injury or early injury from Wentz, uh, that's what I would automatically just buy up a
0: lot of. Love it. Yeah. There's some eighties and uh, hundreds out there. So uh, what do you think, Connor?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you did a good job breaking it down. It's, because like like you said like all these running backs are just you know they're all in good situations but they all have a guy who's going to compete with them and take some touches away at least at the beginning here so i think for me like i would rather just kind of attack them in you know like fantasy leagues like high upside tournaments and things like that uh rather than like this kind of format just because um the odds just aren't good enough kind of like what Kanish was saying like you know, a guy like Jonathan Taylor, at ten to one is just way, way too short um, because he needs the he needs a Mac injury to happen, or he needs to basically just outperform him like so, so heavily. And even then, like a guy like Jonathan Taylor isn't going to be used a whole lot in the passing game, so it's really going to just have to be a lot of rushing behind that great offensive line. And Burrow, I don't know. I mean, the the I think what Kanish said there about like the hold of a plus two twenty five bet, like. I mean, realistically, like, if this bet was going to be graded, you know, over the course of, like, a week or, you know, like, the season was shorter, essentially, um, and we would get our money back quicker, I would, you know, peg Burrow to be even a heavier favorite, to be honest, because I do think that he has legitimately great weapons with A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, um, John Ross that drafted T. Higgins, and then Joe Mixon. Like, this this is a good team who I think will take a next step forward, and I know I've talked with Kanish, I know I've talked with you both about the Bengals, I think, that are going to be a little bit underrated heading into the year um, if Burrow can play you know, semi-competently or above the Andy Dalton level that we saw last year. Um, so, I believe yeah, like, you're I on, think...
0: the, on the record as uh, Bengals having a week one road win. Is that correct?
1: <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, you gave that, you gave that can, one out. Kanish uh... responded to me and said, do you think you're fucking Billy Walter? That was, <laughs> that was what he told me. Um, I told him that I thought that the Bengals would win in week one. Um, so yeah, I, I still am going to stick with that, but yeah, I'm not super confident in it. Uh, so I hear
2: no Connor uh, Connor Allen ten units Bengals money line week one here on the it. stream. So that's uh, yeah, I'm glad I've been able to book that for him at uh, you know even money. So that that was that was that was bold take of him right there going out on a limb with that. One <laughs> I want to hear from you guys. So this was an award where the skill position, unlike MVP, skill position players actually have a chance. We went through the running backs that have all been hammered down. It was such a great wide receiver draft. Oh, um, I,
0: got, I got your play here. I got you. You
2: got my. I was going to ask you which wide receiver is in the situation where they could have a big. Because those are the prices that that on a preseason award are a little bit more attractive to invest in. What's the the receiver that's in the spot um, where he could actually produce enough to be in contention for this?
0: Michael Pittman. Um, so you're going to have a. <laughs> You got a winning team, right? So they they, they're gonna check some of the boxes. Um, You know, I'm not sure that Ty is healthy. Um, They, you know, you don't want to get too heavy into coach speak, but I went in a little bit on our AFC post draft pod. Uh, Like everyone and their brother is really excited about Jonathan Taylor. He was an exciting prospect for sure, but they traded out of the first round, right? They traded that pick to San Fran. Their first pick was 34 in the second round. They took Pittman. And then they traded back up into the second round to lock up Jonathan Taylor. Like, So if they really wanted Taylor so damn bad, they'd have taken him at 34. They didn't want to risk, even though it was a really deep receiver class and a lot of guys went after him, they wanted Pittman. They had Amir Marks as their guy. Um, I just think he is a prototypical NFL receiver. Massive, um, I think, adjusted size, speed, ability. Red zone target there with, uh, you know, with ebron gone i think there's some you know red zone opportunities there because you look at the other guys you know ty is not a big imposing guy uh, paris campbell can't really stay on the fields another guy that's not necessarily a great red zone threat uh, Pittman kind of checks those boxes too for for touchdowns and i think that that's something that would be applicable to you know an award like this it would be buzzy with his touchdown numbers and i think Pittman can produce so that's definitely interesting that's definitely i'll tell you
2: mind. what i'll tell you what you sold me I'm, a, I'm actually, I'm, I'm shopping right now. Look, I found a, a 60 to one here. That, I don't know if oh, you can man, that's better nice. than that. Um, no. So I'm actually going to log in as we speak here, just in case that uh, anybody on the stream is trying to brief me, too. I'm actually going to place that one. I love Michael it. Pittman in college. Um, I love him, right, I, I think he has the maturity. Um, he was a leader on that. You had, a team that I did not think had a, a great Coaching staff um, or or a program that had a um, a lot of what I would call uh, great you know fundamental leadership in that program and he was a guy that that you know just really excelled in the system um, was kind of mature beyond his years you heard great stories of him uh, a locker room guy I think a guy that can come in um, and actually as you said nice situation and has the the maturity that like, that's a guy who I know is going to be like a straight up pro from day one you know it's not to get too cliche but you know he's going to know the offense he's going to come and work hard uh, you don't have to worry about him you know being like a, you know a diva or any of that kind of stuff i think that's uh that's a nice uh, that's a nice look there i'm so i'm going to actually going to grab some of that myself here um but no i think there there's some uh i saw draftkings at 40 to 1 uh, but i think if you shop a little bit there's some 50 to 1 or better um, I'm sold there. If there, if there's a wide receiver, that would be uh, that would be a nice look there. If if there's one, I had to pick.
0: Yeah, and some of the other guys that I think have decent cases, I think they're just they're half, you know, half or shorter even than that number on Pittman. And I think yeah. he was, it was. I think he was just as good of a prospect. And I think for what he would need for the award, I think he, you know, fits all those requirements better. I mean, Brandon Ayuk has got a lot of buzz. I think lately with uh, Debo Samuel injury, but we know what they want to do. They're gonna run the ball, and they are going to rotate in six different receivers even, just like they do with the backfield. Like, they just – they rotate they rotate guys. I just um, – I was a pre-draft Pittman guy and loved the landing spot for him there for sure. So uh, how about you, Connor? Is there a receiver that jumps out for you?
1: No, I mean, I think when you compare it to Pittman, like uh, like you said, like guys like Ruggs, Ayuk, uh, Jalen Rager, like technically they could lead their team in targets, but the situations just aren't really right for them to put up like – huge seasons. I would say out of any of them would be Ruggs, but I mean you're looking at half the price of Pittman. So like are you really going to be going for a guy like that who I would say has similar chances to Pittman as like leading their team in targets or coming close? Um probably not. So um yeah, I don't know. And then I think like I I would say Ayuk probably has a little bit better chance than you're giving him for just because he was kind of he seemed to me like be that hand-picked, you know, Shanahan X receiver who we've seen periodically produced throughout um, in his offense, you know, not, not saying that that happens all the time, but like it has happened in the past. And uh, you if like I use
0: Dante Pettis, you yeah, okay. Different?
1: Well, you know what? Dante Pettis is sucks. Like that's kind of what we figured out. And he's, he's soft. Dante Pettis is soft. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I don't know, as far as other receivers go, like, I think, I think Pittman's probably as deep as I would be willing to go. And then the Jalen Hurts call, I think is interesting. We've we talked about him on some of our past pods. Like he's a really, a volatile player that I personally don't know what to expect from. And if he was in a starting role, I think would be a very interesting experiment.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I, like, I thought that was a really good call too. I like that. Just kind of have your ear your, your ready for that one. Uh, just be ready to jump to the books because I think that's uh, that's a sharp one. Because that that offense has shown, like in shed, like they have the ability to adapt. And, right. Like, take Nick get,
2: Foles off the scrap heap and win totally. the Super Bowl for you. Yeah, and that's another where it hurts. The guy that um, can basically – and he, I, I mean, he's a guy that could run for, you know, 60, 80 yards sure. a game. Um, and that has the, the NFL build to, like, take, you know, where you could throw him, you know, eight to ten carries a game in an RPO offense, uh, and he can take the pounding from there. So, I don't know. I like that. I think you'll see – like I said, I was, I'm not going to bank on a Wentz injury, but I think you'll see a little bit of run to be good. I, think, I wouldn't surprise surprised that, you know – see him get like three to five snaps a game in a package or a red zone package anyway, but we'll see if, uh, if Wentz goes down. Yeah. He, I mean, he's a guy, he played a ton in college anyway, you know, so he had enough run there. So yeah, you never know. I mean, that's obviously a, a long shot to even happen to begin with in a flyer, but uh, I like, you know, he's a guy that even in a couple of years, like looking forward, I think that's a, a nice situation for him um, and would make me uh, if, if I can get out of the Carson Wentz contract at some point. Um, and Hertz shows me enough that maybe uh, maybe that's a – he's the eagle starter, you know, sooner than later.
0: Yeah, well, that was a sharp take. I like it. Um, defensive rookie of the year. I'm guessing we're going to handle this similar to what we did with defense even. Uh, just short at the top with Chase Young, uh, Isaiah Simmons, Patrick Queen, Kenneth Murray at the top. Um, how do we approach this one, Gash?
2: I like, if I'm going to tell you, I think, you know, in the the defensive player of the year where we've seen the award be pretty chalky and it's the media guys, I think there's more room in this award um, for a guy, you know, a longer shot guy or a guy to come out of nowhere um, and, and kind of have that, that type of rookie breakout season um, if he's in the right position. Um, the, the issue is being able to pinpoint that guy or, or find that guy um, and, and tell you who he's going to be. Um, this is one where, like you say, if you can get a a pass rusher um, that that's in a good situation, that that's in, you know, maybe as a pass rush specialist and kind of rack up some stats, um, that that's in a certain point, um, that's the type of guy uh, that I'd be looking to take a flyer on. Um, but it's and this is another one that that's more I like to get a little bit of info in, in at least Paul Camp get into a couple of preseason games, see who's getting snaps. Because um, this is the type of bet that, you know, the guy, if the guy's not going to be in an early on, the rotation that might be done in the water, you know, as you place it when you get into the season. So um, this is one that, that kind of we are in for, you know, I, I just won off my head here. Uh, your tour, Gross Matos is a guy who I liked in college, who I think could come in um, and, you know, maybe get to that, you know, make a run at uh, a decent, you know, off the edge, six, eight sacks, maybe a so um that would be the the type of character i'm looking for but at this point um where, where you're really lacking information um i haven't played anything yet it's just a uh, market that i like to to keep an eye on for a guy that might pop out in preseason or one of that
0: probably a good idea i was thinking probably handle it similar to how you recommended handling defensive player of the year is there uh anyone on your board corner corner that you think is worth noting
1: Um, I mean, so nothing, I haven't taken anything yet, but I think it's, it is worth noting. So 12 of the last 13 defensive rookie of the year awards went to first round picks. Um, Darius Leonard won as a second round pick in 2018. Uh, and then 11 of the last 13 winners were selected in the top 15 of the draft. So Marcus Peters was 18th overall and then Leonard was 36th. So I think kind of like, if you are going to play this, you can kind of look at those like top 15 first rounders um who are a little bit like longer shot odds and kind of just hope for the best there um like a guy like i mean maybe javon kinlaw at 25 to 1 here i know that um you know it's not a great situation but uh i think it could be interesting nonetheless because he kind of fits the criteria of the past winners there um and then maybe a guy like cj henderson at 33 to 1 if he you know has a lot of picks but i don't know beyond that i think i'm kind of like probably not going to take too strong of a position here kanish i'm kind of uh ashamed that you didn't you know back your redskins here with uh young i thought that, that you know like, <laughs> i i saw you're getting I, you know, I, them. like you're i redskins. like
2: chase young i do i like the redskins potential that they built yeah but um am i gonna lay two to one uh on the defensive rookie of the year award preseason hell fucking no i'm not gonna do that. so uh, yeah should he be chalk for the ward absolutely um but, again, that, that's a price you can't buy on at at really any point um, unless it's, you know, like that's one of those where if you're you know, two to one, uh, you know, maybe midseason and having a great year, would I buy on it? Uh, potentially there, but no, it was, we're sitting here in June um, on an award with you know, a decent amount of variance there that, no, I, I, you got to pass on this one. Or as you said, I like that analysis there that, um, you know, usually it's going to be a, a highly drafted guy. So you can kind of narrow down where you want to take your shots. Um, but, you know, figure out a, one of the, the higher drafted guys in a good situation. You had Okuda uh, on the list of, you know, guys on the radar there. And I think that's one that, you know, he's He's got the maturity and the fit to kind of come into the Lions' defense and play a key role. Um, so yeah, as if I started looking around in that profile of you know top half of the first round guys at sixteen one, he might be a guy that that you know I'm taking a look at for for a small piece. But again, that'd be a- after we get into camp. You want to see? I don't. That's not a number that's gonna like oh people are gonna steam Okuda you know for defense. <laughs> so that's not something that I'm running to hit. That's when you can kind of sit, let marinate, see if he you know get some good camp reviews and and can produce a little bit looking maybe like going to be their you know, CB one for the the team. So um, yeah, this is one, uh, again, the market we talked about similar uh, to defensive, let this marinate a little bit. It gets more information um, as this, these numbers aren't going anywhere. So you can come back once, once you've got a little bit better feel.
0: Connor, did you find anything as far? And I don't know if you did when you pulled this, but I'm curious too, as far as like teams win loss record here, right? So how, impactful of a rookie can you be and still be up for this award if your team just absolutely sucks have we seen anything with that or were you able to pull that in your Uh, your, yeah i
1: have i have no idea honestly i didn't go into that that deep but i think i would think it'd be worth a look um i mean i don't know yeah honestly i have no idea um to be to be quite honest i think that like this kind of like you know 12 of 13 and 11 of 13 probably fits as much as you know we're going to get there um from this and then yeah like i think having like, a winning team would probably be something else to look into if you were really trying to handicap this award but kind of like an said i think that we have a little bit of time here um uh, to kind of figure out uh, a better play potentially for sure
0: yeah looking at those early corners too i mean they're not they're top half but like the Jags could really suck.
2: Right, um, right, you know, right. Alex like has yeah, like- a lot, but you know if the Jags win three games, like is he going to be up for the award? Unless he has like you know yeah. eight picks, then probably not.
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, he'd have to go like full Revis, considering like half his secondary is <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. going to be like burned. Um, so yeah, it's like it would have to be like no targets a game or like whatever one target a game and getting picks every time he's targeted for him to win this award. So yeah, it's kind of it's it's tough for him to pull that off for sure
0: i i'm going to keep an eye on jeff gladney i don't you know later first round pick tcu for for minnesota he's just going to have to be the guy right away i mean they xavier rhodes is gone some other guys there you know are gone as well um so he's he's going to have to be important right away for them and again i feel like if i'm going to look at him versus cj anderson like or cj henderson who's a better player but Gladney's on a team that made the playoffs last year is in kind of a Volatile division, like they very much could be a playoff team again. And if he's important in that, there's some 40s and 50s out there. So a little bit more appealing than the 16s and 20s we're seeing on the, the top end guys. So um, worth noting, but I think we handle it just like we do uh, defensive player of the year, kind of like uh, Kish said. So, all right, what do we got here? Comeback player of the year. Now, what in the world constitutes comeback? Um Like... Because I look at some of these guys, and I'm like, all right, so Ben got boat raced in week one against New England and then hurt his elbow in week two. Gronk was just drinking. J.J. Um, <laughs> Watt was, like, hurt again. Alex Smith, uh, that's a legit comeback. But then you just have some guys that, like, um, they just kind of sucked last year, like Todd Gurley. <laughs> Miles Garrett, what's he coming back from? He got suspended for a few games for <laughs> clocking some dude in the head with his helmet. Right, um, right. Baker just seems like to Baker be Baker
2: such... uh, coming back from you know having to quarterback <laughs> under Hugh Jackson for a point of period of time for like in his career. Like, uh, yeah, this one's a little bit harder to define um, the parameters like preseason of who's even going to be up for, unless you had like a a long standing injury. Um, that that you're coming back from where you you know you can kind of you're automatically qualifying yourself from the award, um, then then it's a little bit difficult to to defend like what exactly goes goes into this preseason. But yeah, um, as you said, I mean I, I mentioned him in MVP, uh, and do I really want to lay seven to one on him for comeback player of the year? No, but Stafford has a, a classic case of of getting hurt. Uh, team didn't play well. You know if they if the Lions are able to win nine or 10 games and make the playoffs and he plays well, he's got a very, very, very strong case, um, to win comeback player of the year. Um, you know, obviously Gronk's Bronx on this list as, uh, you know, gone. And I'm sure that that would be a, uh, you know, NFL media love fest if, if he was having that kind of season. But, um, of anybody that's on this list that I think is real. I mean, some of these like Cam doesn't even have a team yet. Um, <laughs> You know, Tua wasn't in the league, you know, so I, I think this is a uh, little bit of a, a sketchy list in terms of who's <laughs> even on it. But um, I wouldn't mind shopping for the bet. if I could find Stafford at over, I don't think I'd play seven. If I could find a ten to one or better, um, I might take a little position there uh, on him for comeback player of the year. But I don't have much else than that as far as feeling too strong one way or another. I don't. I, I just don't think some of these guys are. Um, good at like J.J. Watt at 7-1 yeah he fits the profile of an injury I don't think J.J. Watt can produce at a high level um in in the NFL on a week-to-week basis anymore so I I don't think there's um a ton of guys on this list that you know like Nick Foles on I just don't think there's a lot of guys who can produce at, at a level that are coming off an injury um that can even be you know top half NFL players anymore.
0: No, this is a wild list. <laughs> I mean, David Johnson. We watched him die mid-season <laughs> last year. He has to be a favorite just from not being dead anymore.
1: What um, do you think, Eric Connor?
0: I mean, this, uh, is, a, this
1: is. Yeah, a big... I mean, some of them are funny. Like I looked at Antonio Brown. Like even if Antonio Brown like had came back signed with the, signed with the team, had an awesome year, like the NFL would just be like, "Fuck you, you're a dick." Like he like he just just spent straight up like shitting on the NFL and like teams like for whatever, past year, like, they're not going to let him win this award. Like, they would give it to someone else, you know? It's like, they just, like, they would veto any any comeback player of the year award for Antonio Brown. So, I don't know. I like, Ben Roethlisberger makes a lot of sense, but at 3-1, to one, like, no shot. I'm not playing that. I mean, he's, like, you know, he's, his, like, elbow, like, tendon, like, fell off, like, of his arms. Like, you know what I mean? It's, like, a guy who could easily just fall apart at any second. So, I don't know. I think, I think I'm kind of out on maybe this award in general, but it's definitely funny to look at. I mean, Alex Smith, like, dude, he's probably never going to play again. Like, he's right. probably never going to take a snap. And even if he does, like, there's a good chance his leg just, like, crumbles, like, you know, as he takes, like, a five-step drop. So, I mean, yeah, no, n- none of this. And he's
0: short. I mean, you're, you're looking at sevens out there. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah.
1: He's Maybe no honestly teams. like a comeback is like him taking a snap, like a kneel at the end of the game, like they're like that is the comeback player of the year. And if this he does give guy. him a second
0: award. Yeah, I mean that's seriously. That might be it. Yeah. I don't I don't hate the Stafford take. I mean, um yeah, he they were balling with, with Bevel there and you know, I, I like the weapons. You got Hawk taking a step forward, you get Marv coming back for hopefully a full year. We know Galladay's a baller. Um did yeah, just- I haven't I shopped
2: price-wise for this one too much, but if we're – let's see. If I look around, I'm seeing eh, there's a 750 there. I, I That would be by far um, of a guy that you're looking to target that easily the preseason-wise um, the strongest play there, I think, um, would be, you know, Stafford at uh, the best number you can find as uh, a lot of guys – that either on the list preseason don't even make sense or would have you know almost no chance to even win
0: yeah it's it's really interesting i mean girly wasn't good but like comeback player of the year right seems a little extreme all right uh what do we got last year coach of the year um i mean somehow belichick doesn't win this every year but, uh, <laughs> what do you got on this one connor what do you think
1: yeah, I mean, I think I thought that was kind of an interesting thing is like there's I mean, a lot of the value that would be on on coaches of like ascending teams, which it seems like who wins this award um it's kind of like already taken up. So like Bruce Arians, I mean, he would be a good choice, but like he's already the favorite to win it, you know, with the Bucks here. Um and then you're looking at guys like Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys and, you know, Shannon, I guess is still there, but like Cliff Kingsbury's at 20 to one and like we already talked about that kind of like Kyler Murray is 25 to one win MVP and like like they're already like they're already factoring in at basically everything that it seems like is already happening in the sphere. So I don't know, I couldn't really find a lot of value on you know this particular thing. I don't know if Kanish, you have anything on on the Coach of the year. Hello. You got me yeah yeah i got you um uh let's hear i think the, the other stat that uh i thought was interesting was the you know, worst record of a coach to win coach of the year is 11 and 5 so um at least that that was in like the past 10 years so no that's
2: that's a good little sid i'll
1: give you one um that that i like a decent and it's because i'm so bullish
2: on the team uh it would be frank reich at 20 to no better better I, i'm i'm in on the Colts pretty heavy this year. I Uh, I think it's a team that that could win 10, 11, 12 games. Uh, I love the roster. Uh, Again, Phil Rivers, um, I'm not going to tell you it's going to be this, you know, great, you know, amazing comeback story, and he he throws for 5,000 yards. But if anything, I think that Rivers not being able to totally overshadow if the team is, you know, has that type of year, makes the coach of the year case a little stronger. Um, so that'll be, uh, of, as you said, the guys, the known guys, the guys that the hot names that people want to be on Arians and stuff have already steamed. Um, but I like, I'm, I'm actually going to shop that. I think I can get a better price, uh, on Reich than 20 to one, uh, 20, 30 to one. If I can shop that around, that would be a buy for me. I think the Colts are, are going to win. Um, division. I think they got a chance to win eleven or twelve games. I love what they've built just organizationally and their roster. They added some some needed pieces in the offseason and and in the draft. Um i I just I just like what they got going. I think they got a they could make a run at the best record in the NFL this year, uh, if Rivers is at least adequate. Um so I, I'm gonna take a piece of Frank Reich here preseason. Uh, I'm going to shop for a little bit better number than what they're showing at DraftKings right now, but I will be, that, that for me is probably preseason. Um, the only play I'm looking at right now on the board, uh, as there's nobody else that, uh, I can really make a, you know, a huge strong I know I said lions earlier with Stafford. So, you know, Matt Patricia's in in the long shot category. Um, that's that's gonna be tough for me to stomach because I don't think the Lions can get up <laughs> that, you know, that yeah. you know, eleven, twelve, thirteen win range. Um, I think if anything they, you know, and they have a good year be nine or ten. Um so so I'm gonna look at, at Frank Reich's gonna be the play for me there. Um it's just shopping to get the best price on that, and that'll probably be um like like a full size play for me once I can get down on that.
0: Yeah, I like it too. It's usually gotta be someone that you know, that, you know, far exceeds expectations. You never see the guys that are, you know, projected for 10 wins, 10 and a half wins, and they, you know, they hit 11 or 12, and then they, you know, coach of the year. It just never, never happens. So staying yeah. off the top of the board, I think, makes makes a ton of sense. Yeah, and
2: I think the Colts, I thought the Colts would have a little bit better last year. Um, kind of not hitting those, uh, hitting that level, I think, makes the case, Um even stronger for right this year. Um, it's basically where they can get, you know, now if they exceed the expectations where I think the win total is right around eight and a half. So, and for a team that I think could possibly win, you know, 11 or 12, uh, I think that that sets up very nice from him. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm super bearish on the rest of their division, every other team in the division. I think they could win this division going away. Um, and I love that they have six games uh, against, you know, the Texans, the Titans, in that uh, in the Jags in that division so um yeah that 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 is by far my favorite play on this list um and it's probably going to be the only preseason um of the ones we've talked about that I'm going to bet like a a full size play for me on is going to be this Reich coach of the year award um that I'm going to get down a little bit more sizable on than than the other stuff we talked about
1: okay yeah I mean I thought what was funny is like you're pricing Brian Flores a twenty to one is the same as Frank Reich. Like dude <laughs> when are the Dolphins gonna win eleven games? You know right, what I mean? right. like, <laughs> in what right. world does that happen? Like, you know, Tua just magically heals and then is, you know, the next like next guy. Even then, like the, the roster is just like not good enough to produce like I don't know, even a winning season is a stretch. Like I think the Dolphins will be better, but like that's like Yeah. So I don't know. I thought that some of these prices are just pretty wacky here and that that was that was one that stood out to me other than that i think your your right take makes makes a lot of sense here uh especially for this award all right so
0: that covers the awards what others uh that we have on the books um we're going to open up a little bit connor i know you've got some player props down and i would love to hear a little bit about what Kenish has so far too that's uh caught his eye probably most of it if you're looking to you know tail anything at home um especially for some of the wind total stuff is probably gone. Like some of those early numbers, you know, when these lines came out late April, you know, early May for different books, like they're bet into at this point, pretty heavily. So uh, market has shaped those, but uh, what do you got from uh, a prop standpoint, Connor?
1: Yeah, I got like, so from a prop standpoint, I just released an article. It was basically, uh, I put Marlon Mack under 750 and a half yards. Like these are still all available at draft teams. I think that's going to go, you know, way down. Um, I, you know, I, went in depth on it there but with taylor coming into the fold i don't really see you know mac still exceeding 750 yards uh, i took the under on darius slayton uh essentially any game that he played with you know a healthy um sterling shepherd golden tate or Evan ingram and saquon barkley was basically banged up all last year and he was a great pass catcher i mean like he basically just benefited from, you know, no one else being there to catch the ball, who was like a reasonable talent. I think Darius Slayton's a good player, don't get me wrong. I just think he's a better real life talent than he is like a producer. And especially in that offense with Daniel Jones, like you have like he's potentially the fourth or fifth like best option, pass catching option in that offense. So uh right now you're seeing him at seven hundred and fifty and a half yards on DraftKings, like uh fox bet is posting like a 674 at four for four we have him at like 680 so i like the under there as well and then i also took overs on aj brown um at like 975 and Tyreek Hill at 1150 i think both of those guys you know are like i don't really like betting overs this early but those are two guys that stood out to me like compared to our projections like they were each like hundreds of yards off like of our projection so basically you know like for me if they play a full season like you know that's going to hit. And a lot of these casinos, like, you know, DraftKings and like rivers who just launched have pretty good deposit bonuses. So, you know, like you're putting money into hold for a long period of time, but at the same time, like a lot of it's just kind of like free money. So um, for me, like I'm kind of capitalizing on that um, and, you know, kind of putting some, putting some money on, on these player props, which I think are like well off like the Marlin Mac. We have 55% less of our projection. We have a projector for like 480 yards. Um, So, yeah, I think with a lot of these, like those are kind of my main ones so far. And then I got on a lot of like win totals early that, you know, probably don't make a lot of sense now at this point. Like Giants under six and a half, Packers under nine and a half. Um and then yeah, I think those those are the those are the two big ones I took positions on. Um but I'm sure Kanish has some other ones that he got down on earlier. Yeah, no, it's funny, you know, like just uh I'll piggyback real quick on what you my favorite
2: um Player prop that I got down on so far, I didn't play a ton, um, as you were saying, just because we, we've talked about all the uncertainty, but my favorite player prop that I got down on so far uh, this offseason was Jonathan Taylor over 550 rushing yards, Oh uh, my, which God. goes right into your uh, wheelhouse there for taking the Mac under. Uh, I, I thought that number was... was Literally, I, you know, three hundred yards under what I think you've seen yeah. now. He, you know, some places in the market are like you know nine hundred, nine fifty. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play that. But you know, there was when he originally got out there, there was some, you know, five fifty to six fifty, um, <laughs> and that was an automatic over for me. I will here. Let me do. I play. So in terms of regular season wins, um, circa does all win totals. Yeah. Um, and we played a number of those. Um, and so that – I like that at a little bit better than even playing. Um, I did a couple last year. We, we went even a little bit bigger this year. Um, and, and it just – it's something where uh, you're kind of able to extrapolate even the, the edge if you're, you're strong on a team or your projections um, are right on where we, we – Basically, can a get a little bit more money down, and then you're getting uh, you know, obviously a, a inflated price if, when you're taking the old projection. Um, so we played uh here, let me six of them here. Steelers under eight plus two forty five. Raiders under six and a half plus one seventy. Eagles under eight and a half plus two fifteen. Saints under nine and a half plus one seventy five. Seahawks under eight and a half plus 165 uh, and Chargers over nine plus 220. So that was, um, if you can get a sense for, there was a couple of the other uh, win totals that Connor mentioned um, that, that, you know, it took straight up uh, with the Cowboys, took the Cowboys over a Packers under, um, but I like, some of those are stuff Again, I know a lot of people don't have access, um, but those prices are reasonably in range at circa and, um, and those were just a number of teams that the, you know, Steelers were a team that I'm super bearish on this year. Um, Eagles and saints totals, I just thought were, were high to begin with of, of their win total. So those were a couple of, uh, the sprinkles I've taken so far in the win total market. But as we've said, um, my, my portfolio for, for NFL futures is, is much, much lighter at this point than it has been in a long time. So outside of, uh, some sprinkles here and there um, and those alt win totals and a couple of the, the ones we talked about tonight um, that that's, that's about it for me. Um, well, I, you know, I'm looking more towards um, getting into the, the, whatever the season looks like and, and then being able to, to hopefully capitalize on the, the, the wild information trading um, and the differences in home field and a lot of the stuff that that's going to be different this football season that um, you know, might add much more variance than a typical NFL year.
0: Yeah, should be, should be crazy. Uh, I like a couple unders, I like the Falcons under seven and a half. Uh, that's still available pretty much everywhere. Um, I got the Raiders seven and a half. It's down to seven, under seven and a half. Yep. Um, down like to that. seven in most places too. Uh, just tough schedule. I don't believe in that team. I feel like they were pretty fluky. I think they were like two and five in one score games last year. And I just, I don't think they believe in their quarterback. And I definitely don't either. Um, and then, yeah. Um, what did I have? I had under Falcons, under oh the Giants under six and a half, and then I like the over. I wrote about it here on four for four. Um, I, even though it's inflated now, it bounced back down. I do like the over on the Buccaneers. I think that schedule is really nice. They do not go outside, basically in any cold weather. Uh, nice schedule to, to to end the season. Um, I think that they, defense took steps forward, and I'm um, on Team Brady is not washed, so I, uh, I like the uh, the Buccaneers <laughs> to, uh, to show up. So pretty much the end of my card. I don't have any uh, – I haven't not sprinkled at all on player props yet, but uh, it'll be something I'll look into when, uh, when I knew our, our new Rivers book here in uh, Illinois is, is nice, so I'm going to start to dig into that a little bit more, see what they have to offer.
1: Yeah, thank God. Chicago figured it out pretty quick, it seems like. Um, also, there is one I want to make. You
2: really, really, really want to check the language um, on player prize for anybody out there reading. Uh, with all the uncertainty, a lot of books have, have changed up the house rules. Where typically you would be able to to bet unders across the board, and then if guys miss some games, um, you're basically sitting pretty. I've seen a lot of books switch to language that says guys have to play all 16 games. Um, oh my gosh! Or where? That for uh, a couple of different places in Vegas and some guys um, I knew that were betting player props that, that basically they, uh, I think Caesars put that on there. I don't want to put them on blast because um, I understand <laughs> they're trying to protect themselves. Um, but, but basically that the old, like, I mean, you if you think COVID is going to be a thing this year with, with quarantines and that where, where, uh, you know, player prop unders could be basically a across the board position that, you think would come in um but i i've seen some books kind of taking uh, an early step to to protect themselves uh for those reasons so just be mindful if you're going to play uh player props of what the language says either way because if it's got that 16 game clause in there i'd feel much more comfortable playing overs and not be interested in playing unders
0: yeah i think that's just good advice broad spectrum for if you're if you're betting especially if it's new to you like um, you know, again, I don't want to go off into the golf tangent, but golf can be scored very differently in matchups or three ball yep, depending dead on the book.
2: for the top 10 top fives is a key yeah. one that I've seen.
0: So, you know, doing your homework, it's just like basic one-on-one. You got to know the rules in what you're playing because, you know, they, there's no universal bylaw that just is going to protect you. You got to know what you're doing when you're putting your money in. So good call it for sure. Uh, anything else, Connor, any other uh, nuggets to sprinkle in?
1: No, I think that was about it. I thought we did, you know, a pretty good job kind of covering most of our bets here, um, and kind of breaking down the awards. I know that we'll have some more pods, you know, going in depth on each division coming up, um, and kind of like, you know, breaking everything down. But I think both you and I are, we're trying to wait a little bit to get a little more certainty and, um, kind of understand, like, it's a lot easier to break down a division once, like, camp start and, you know, more injuries happen and beat reporters are telling you. Like, you know, giving you insight on depth charts, like things like that, that just make it a lot easier to analyze teams um, instead of, you know, this far out. But uh, at some point, I think with, you know, these camps kind of like in doubt, I know that they announced today, like whatever, an hour or so before we got on here, that they're going to start in like a month. I think it was that what it was like late July. They were going to try and start ramping up some camps. Um, but who knows? So I think we're kinda of probably just gonna dive into it in the next coming weeks and just go with what we know and uh, kinda of go from there.
0: Yeah, I can't see anything from a team win total standpoint changing. Like I can't see learning anything new unless it was something like COVID related no, no, no. where, you know, yeah. I feel like that those are really sharp. But there's the ability to shop player props specifically, like you said, when we start to have you know some stuff filter itself out through camp, I think we might be able to to take some some different positions on on that market. But, uh, Kanish, thanks for joining us, man. And everyone find him on Twitter at Joey Kanish 22. If you are not already following him, um, highly entertaining, very sharp. follow. Oh <laughs> yeah,
2: man. Good to be on with you guys. Um, and I'll be buying the drinks when, uh, Mr. Pittman wins, uh, offensive rookie of the year. Here. So uh, good look, uh, I, I like that one a lot. So hopefully, uh, you know, people are able to scoop that up and then, uh, end of the season, we'll all be, uh, shooting you a toast.
0: Hell oh, yeah. Let's do it. Uh, it's awesome. See? It's a win-win. <laughs> All right, Good stuff, uh, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate it very much.
2: You guys take care.